Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Show in association with TalkSport. It's Will, Gavin and Big A Mac with you this week. Plus, we are joined by a man starting to make a splash on NXT Cameron Grimes, a.k.a. the artist formerly known as Trevor Lee. We'll also look back at TV this week. Two of the best episodes of TV with a rather botched end to SmackDown and AEW. Let them, you know how they're going to get their TV product underway, plus the latest from New Japan and ICW, all coming up on the Pro Wrestling Show. As always, check out our social at Pro Wrestle Show. Someone was asking about our YouTube last night, and we've been terrible at uploading stuff. But I've got a whole backlog of great video, so now I'm into my kind of holidays. I'm going to be working on all of that to get some more up there. So follow that Pro Wrestling Show on YouTube. Uh, we've got the main man, uh, Ae Mac, on the line. How are we doing, buddy? I'm fine, brother. As we as we discussed earlier, I'm snowed under with work, but that can only be a good thing. Good, good way though. Uh, only in a good way. Um, we were saying that the the amount of WWE work coming our way at the moment. Your piece going up on the website soon that we've talked about on the show previously in the Performance Center, and we now know that your tormentor Tyler Bates will be head headlining NXT UK Takeover Two. So uh, yeah, it's all hype. It's all good stuff, at least. Yes, very good. Um, you know, and, and as I say, us guys are going to be certainly very busy in August. Um, you mentioned NXT UK Cardiff, which will be headlined by Tyler Bate and Walter. I shall be there um, while you guys are across the pond at All Out. Yeah, uh, it's going to be quite the weekend, that one. We might have to release about seven podcasts in the space of four or five days just to get through all the content, or maybe do like we normally do and hold a bunch of it back and use it as we go because there's going to be so much great stuff. Um, yes. And, you know, it, we're going to have everything. We're going to be hearing from trips. We're going to be hearing from NXT UK talent. We're going to be doing all the post-match stuff for All Out. Uh, cannot wait, buddy. Cannot wait. Well, hopefully... Um, the wheels are in motion, but hopefully Triple H is going to be on actual talk sport, uh, provisionally Jim White. So that will be, uh, you know, one for people to keep their eyes on. Um, he normally is, it, it all depends on his schedule, but he normally is down for that sort of thing ahead of NXT UK. Um, so yeah, 
Interesting. Very we, interesting we, August. We were speculating a little on this. Obviously, our relationship with uh, WWE, with Talk Sport, with all the work, fine work you do on the website is, is kind of really strong at the moment. Um, feels like Triple H may not do his usual trip into the Sky Sports studios this time round. <laughs> I wonder why. Just as a suggestion. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if that gives us any more time with the big man, then obviously no complaints there uh, at all, sir. I know that you are snowed under and therefore short to time, so should we crack straight into it? Yeah, why not? Let's get into TV this week. Uh, as you mentioned, actually two good episodes, which they needed with SummerSlam, you know, under two weeks away. Um, it seemed that things had been somewhat sacrificed because of the Raw reunion. But uh, as you, <laughs> we'll get to the botched SmackDown ending uh, in, in, a, in a bit. But as, as far as Raw goes, you know, I've got some quick five points that I'll you know, allow you to elaborate on. I feel like the Gauntlet match, although overdone, I know we both agree on that in the past few months, um, was still entertaining. Very mm-hmm. good. And uh, Ricochet obviously coming out of that as the number one contender. But the thing I, I liked maybe the most, um, and this is a gripe I've had in the past with battle Royals and things of that nature that don't have any stories within them. I very much enjoy Andrade and Mysterio uh, and where that's heading. Looks like we're going to get them one-on-one. We know they tear the house down. So I was very, very pleased with that bit of progression in that match. Um, so yeah, delighted. And look, for me, this is something that they've been doing really well over TV over the last couple of episodes and over the few last few weeks as much as you know there's been talk of Vince McMahon giving up to having so much creative control and then the last two smackdowns supposedly of the dirt sheets to be believed coming back in and rewriting the whole thing or getting the team to rewrite it in his image at least but there are some there are good builds going on at the moment you mentioned that Andrade Ray we've got this Sami Zayn Alistair Black stuff potentially going on ahead of SummerSlam um, I really like the Ali Nakamura stuff at the moment as well I, I was saying this to you guys on WhatsApp but Nakamura what's been really interesting since this latest push is the pace of his matches have just been absolutely unrelenting and much closer to what he was doing in New Japan and he's kind of being given a chance to really show what he can do so it feels like the mid card is being treated with a lot of respect over recent weeks and that's been one of the biggest gripes of of WWE fans for not just months or weeks but years really yeah and I couldn't agree more and and what I would say on that I feel like finally um, instead of maybe WWE saying we want to push this guy or we want to do this, we want to do that, that when you look at the Extreme Rules card, they had extremely well-matched superstars. Like the people who would put on the best quality matches. You know, it wasn't as story-heavy as it was performance-heavy. And and I feel like that has reaped the benefits of the audience at the moment. And when you put stars like Ali and Nakamura together, that's guaranteed to be a good match. Like, you know, Ricochet, AJ Styles, guaranteed to have good matches. And, you know, um, even even pairing Roman Reigns, you know, we'll move on to this in a minute. But it, it seems like his attacker may have been Daniel Bryan. I mean, that's a Mania level match for one. But two, Daniel Bryan will pull a very good match out of, of Roman Reigns. You know, he, he's been kind of stuck with the Elias's and Drew McIntyre's of the world. Nothing against Drew McIntyre, but we've seen the match a lot at this point. So I feel like WWE are kind of, they're finally getting their pairings right. And they've got the talent to do that. So 
it's very welcome in my eyes. Yeah, I, and guy, you mentioned I uh, like we've seen things like the. I know we've not all been happy with Joe's booking on TV, but the way that those kind of matches have been handled, and there's, there was talk about it maybe being Joe or Daniel Bryan. I hope it is Daniel Bryan because that was still my one gripe from SmackDown this week. Outside of the messy finish, was that. Uh, he continued his teasing but not doing anything with that and I'm not sure that quite worked for me um, we, there's so much to talk about from TV this week actually Good Brothers continuing this seeming mega push that they're getting as part of the OC now I don't know about you all I think about when I hear the OC is California here we come <laughs> right back with all. but their push with AJ Styles has been great and it was a really Great tag match between them, the Usos, and the Revival, and and hopefully we get to see them with a nice run with the titles. The, the last five or so minutes in that tag match was fantastic. Hot, hot, like, hot, hot, hot. It really was. It really was. Um, for a TV match, it was absolutely exemplary. And um, I am a huge fan. I always have been a big fan of, of Gallows and Anderson. Like, bring back Botch Club while we're at it. Bring it back. <laughs> I want to see it. Um, but they they... You know, they have such great charisma and they're great in the ring. It re- you know, really, they tick all the boxes that you could you could want, especially in the tag team. And pairing them with Styles, I feel like it gives him a new dimension at a time where, you know, he, he's done... He, he'd run his... I don't want to say he'd run his course as a babyface, but it was getting there, wasn't it? Like, he'd, you know, he'd, he'd had a long stretch as a singles competitor just in title matches. He kind of needed something else. And I feel like this is a real, re- you know, refreshing change for all three of them uh and, it, and, it, and you know more importantly it the biggest yardstick i would say here is that if you had just put the, the titles on gallows and anderson even two months ago that's not a long time if you had done that even two months ago a cold switch people would have been like oh like you know what are they, what have they been doing or why and it hasn't taken long for people to be you know fully on board with them holding the gold once again so for me you know i, I feel like it's rejuvenated all involved um you know, I love the the chemistry they all have. It, it's funny, actually. You look at SmackDown, where Kingston and New Day, obviously they've all got gold. So have the OC. You know, that's like a pay per view level match. That they just kind of mm-hmm. chucked out. You know, a lot of gold and a lot of star power there, and they've kind of just chucked it out. But you know. We'll, we'll, can't, can't complain too much. We'll, we'll get into the, the SmackDown stuff in a moment. The, the last two bits to mention from Raw, I mean, we had the women's angles continuing and building, but, you know, we know the two uh, title matches for SummerSlam, and, and I like the Ember Moon stuff. I think that's building quite nicely, but kind of it, it all just ticked along well this week. There was nothing negative about it, but it was all just kind of fine. Um, lot talk about the Seth... Uh, angle with Brock uh, goes against Dolph Ziggler gets the, the DQ happens as Brock comes out he fives him into a post onto a chair a couple of times then attacks him in the ambulance fives him onto the an upturned uh, gurney like, which was brutal which, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean all of it was quite brutal and we had the kind of spitting up blood uh, which you know, the speculation is that it's fake blood and it's bit, a, a capsule that's been bitten in the mouth or whatever but interesting that on the same week that Vince McMahon has essentially called out other promotions for, you know, <laughs> having to rely on colour to to get drama for Asterix them. Other promotions, but yeah, go on. <laughs> for them to go down this route, I thought was intriguing. Some people thought it was too brutal. I actually thought that fair play to Seth for taking the bumps, and none of it looked massively unsafe. I thought it was all quite well done. Yeah, like. 
it, there's been a lot of take on that where Les, you know, people like Lesnar is just, you know, he. I don't, I don't subscribe to the notion that Lesnar's just totally reckless and he thinks, right, I'm going to just absolutely mess up Seth Rollins here. Like, <laughs> like obviously it looked, some of it looked stiff as hell, um, but I think that's just Lesnar. Um, you know, he, he he's, I, I said this on Twitter, he's, the, the main point of his character is believability. So, of course he's going to lay it in. Of course he's going to make it look um, as realistic as possible. I thought Rollins sold the hell out of it, which, um, you know, I agree with you there. He, he did it really well. Um, and it needed it. The feud needed it because, you know, it really, it was just kind of, there's nothing new from when they started feuding God, when, you know, in, in the run up to Mania, as soon as Rollins won the Royal Rumble, really, that was, you know, there, there's no more layers, are there? So, in, in, in essence, it needed some fuel on the fire. Um, and I thought it was done well. I, you know, I'd, Lesnar seems to have two gears. It's, you know, killing people or standing in the ring while Heyman, Cuts promo. <laughs> um, that's a little tiresome for me, but at the same time, I was entertained by this segment. So well, everyone was saying it was a dead angle, and then they came out and did that, and suddenly it's a hot angle again. So yeah, you know, quickly, do, on, quickly do we... on the blood. Sorry, I just wanted to comment on. Yeah, of course. Um, so I saw that. Obviously, I retweeted this yesterday. Meltzer was saying that you know basically what you just said. You know, from someone who said blood and guts. I mean. The contrast, the contrast from Dustin Rhodes um, <laughs> at Double or Nothing to to Rollins, you know, Meltzer was making the argument that's arguably more brutal because in MMA and boxing, if someone was coughing up blood, it would be stopped straight away. But it's not boxing and it's not MMA. I must stress, no matter how much we want to perpetuate that it's real or you know suspend belief, as as the quote is, it's not. So. It's obviously done for dramatic effect of how much he's hurt Rollins. It's not. Oh, I, I, I agree. It's kind of ill-advised that they would do that in days, within days of Vince making that statement. But I don't think it's comparable at all. Um, it, it doesn't even touch anything that really happened in the Moxley Janela match. So, I just you know, let's not get carried away. I think it's just people making comparisons. If I'm honest, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think it's a an unfair and unnecessary comparison uh, between two very different products. Um, yeah, we we closed with the Samoan Summit, but I think a lot of that was continued on SmackDown. So, moving over to SmackDown, uh, you were talking about. I think what's interesting to me again, Owens McIntyre, similar to what you were saying, well matched superstars, fifty fifty booking for WWE has been a real problem with them in the last few years where they've booked 50-50 where really that's a bad idea when we need to see somebody dominant where we need to see somebody squash where we need to see somebody you know uh, for the advance of the storyline we don't want to have you know if, if it's Charlotte going up against Carmella but really it's all about the post-match angle then have Charlotte just destroy Carmella that's fine yeah. we don't need that to be a 50-50 match for 10 minutes just to get to the post-match angle but but they are doing these matches really well where like someone like Owens and McIntyre, that's another one which could be a pay-per-view level match easily. And McIntyre still looks really strong in defeat. I want them to wet him away from Shane ASAP, but, you know, a really good match to kick off the show and you knew it was going to be strong from there. Yeah, I, I felt like um, for, for Owens and McIntyre, uh, it's like when, you know, um, I'm just trying to, you know, let's say Liverpool and City play each other. Uh, that's not a direct analogy, but you just bear with me. Anyone could beat anyone on that day, right? And that, and for me, if Rollins or McIntyre loses that match, then I don't sit there and go, ah, oh, you know, like they've killed Drew. Like it's like, well, Owens could beat him. 
Like, and it's the same if they met again on the next show and McIntyre beat Owens, I wouldn't be like, well, they've killed Owens' momentum because McIntyre's a very respectable, you know, like how many, how many pinfalls has he suffered since returning, really? Um, mm-hmm. You know, destroying Angle. I think Reigns is the only guy to really do him clean apart from Owens. So that says enough. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so in that regard, again, I, I was invested in the match because I thought, wow, like, you know, and when Owens had won it, and it was a high quality match, clean, I thought, wow, that's a big win. Like, yeah. you know, and if anything, I'm thinking they must be all in on Owens. Like, they must be really getting behind him at this point because they wouldn't just like give him Drew. And and at this point as well, Drew has no obvious SummerSlam path. Like, they thought it was going to be Taker, and obviously that doesn't look like it's played out. Um, so he's after so, you know after all the attention he got last year with you know squ- like squashing the hell out of Kurt Angle. Uh, and things like that it's not it's probably not been the greatest 2019 that he anticipated if if we're if in all honesty um i kind of agree just uh, just quickly i kind of agree on the shame of man i would have been all for it if shane had kind of put an actual stable together maybe that had helped all the men like revival elias and mcintyre was like the, the, the crown jewel but it's kind of just been all about Shade, yeah, which is which is just weird, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Mr. Missed an opportunity potentially there. Um, yes. The Rock came out and said uh, uh, that in an interview when he was promoting Hobbs and Shaw that he thought that Drew McIntyre was the next real star or could be the next real star in WWE, which is obviously the man with the most charisma that I can remember in the last 15, 20 years is saying that about you. That's not bad, not a bad thing. I went to see Hobbs and Shaw this morning. It is not great. But, oh, no, but, I was hoping for good things. No, do you know what? It's one of those things. It's If you check your brain at the door, you'll end up having a lot of fun. And the stretch, if you've seen the trailer, this isn't a spoiler, but spoiler warning if you haven't for the next kind of 30 seconds or so. If you've seen the trailer, you'll know that they go to Samoa and, ha- and Reigns is one of the Samoan Usos, one of the brothers who helps him in the fight. And yeah. there are some great, like, I'm going to German suplex you onto or something, or I'm going to Samoan ah. drop you onto or something. And I, you know what, I popped and I have no shame. I was just like, <laughs> great. Let's, we, do we, do let's have an ooh-ah and a spear. Why not? <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, a lot of, Rock's films, you summed it up yourself with the whole, if you check your brain at the door. I think a few of them are like that. Well, I, I loved it. I had a whale of a time, so stick with it. It's worth it. Um, we had, so we then had, again, the continuation, as I said, ticking over, building up to the women's matches, but how can you have a SummerSlam without Charlotte in a big match? How did you feel about Charlotte Trish being announced, what it is as a match, and how they did it? Yeah, um, I'm going to double back quickly and then come on to that. As as far as um, Drew, Drew being the next huge star, I'm just interested. Um, have you got one in mind that you think is actually the next, the next, you know, and we're talking like a megastar. With the right push, there are three or four people. And it depends on what you want to talk about. Like Owens could be a megastar if they push him in the right way. But, you know, does that still count as a guy who's already been universe champion, champion, SmackDown champion, etc.? Or are we talking about somebody kind of brand new to the scene? Um, no, I, th- I think, I think it, it counts. Like if they've been champion before or not, like when, you know, bearing in mind the rock, he, he wins his first title in late 98, but really mm-hmm. explodes in like, two th- I'm talking about someone who reaches that stratosphere. Uh, to, to me, 
it just to look at all the intangibles of it. Like I, I honestly think Velveteen Dream is like the next huge, the actual, like, like mainstream, like household name, nearly. Like I, that's to me. I can just, I can feel it. But I don't, you know, I could be wrong. He could get up to the main roster. And he books all kinds of terrible. But I mean, to me, like if he was presented the way he is and and booked well, I, I honestly think the sky's the limit for that guy. Yeah, I'm with you. This is it. If we're talking mega, mega, mega star, then yeah, that's kind of who we're potentially looking at. I am, um, you know, there's guys who are in the mid card who I think could be top level stars, but like someone like an Andrade, but whether, oh, yeah. whether they could ever hit rock level status, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, but I'm not that. I Dream's a really good shout. Um, do you know who else? But anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to Trish. Um, so, I mean, wow, Trish still looks amazing. <laughs> wow. I wa- still- like, I know that King was involved in the segment, but I'm not sure we needed Corey Graves talking about her thirst traps on Instagram and stuff. That all felt no. like a little bit throwbacky to me, even Cor- if we were all like, wow, doesn't Trish look fantastic? I mean, Corey kind of flirts with that part of his, you know, he does it with Mandy Rose all the time, doesn't he? But mm-hmm. um to, to me, like the, the teenager in me was like, "Oh my god, Trish Stratus, you look incredible." Um, but I, I, I genuinely, I, I, I thought when she came at the Royal Rumble, she looked fantastic. The, the first time she came back, you know, she had the, the little thing with Sasha Banks and that. Thought she looked great at Evolution as well. So why the hell not? Like she can clearly still go. Um, you know, looking at Lita at Evolution, eh, not so much. So I, you know, I, I mean that with all the respect in the world. But if if there was one legend that I thought could carry that, it would be Trish. And if there's one woman in the company, I would trust her to have that match with, and is worth bringing her back. It is Charlotte. So yeah, it ticks all the boxes for me. I'm down. You and I, you and I are on the sh- same train with Charlotte. I didn't think the promo was very good, but. Uh, like they could have unnecessary use of bitch again. They, like, they, 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 it's like a crutch. Like they could have teased it. They could have taken a bit of time over it. I think there was so much internet rumor about it. Yeah, they went out there. They did it all. It was all kind of said and done in about five minutes. It's like they could have had her turn it down. Say I'm not ready. Have Charlotte do like you know some healy things to try and get her drawer back out of retirement. That's a story you could have told over the last three or four weeks to get to this point instead she of just could, going. Yeah, like, like she could have beat the crap out of Lita or something. Yeah, and said right. You know, well, you know, come on then. Like, um, it, it, not a direct comparison, but do you remember when Taker beat the crap out of Ric Flair's? Mm-hmm. Um, back in 2002. So Batista beating like, the crap out of Flair the other like ahead there of you Mania. Go. Like. That would have been that would have been a nice build, but instead they've kind of gone. Oh crap! SummerSlam's around. I mean, they might have only come to terms with Trish in the last week or so. I don't know. Yeah. Um. You know, tr- Toronto is obviously uh, the the draw there. Um, to get Trish back, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, I, I I'm still for it. They they could have done it better, sure, like the segment. But you know, I, I was I'm going to be honest. I, at the end of the segment, I wasn't dwelling on it too much because I'd, I'd kind of got what I wanted in the match. Do you know what I mean? So I just thought, oh well, just just go with it. <laughs> um, we had more Bala uh, fiend build, which was let's be honest, as paint by numbers as it could be. It's like, well, we've had him actually attack him last week, so this week we'll have him appear but not attack him, but cost him the match. It's like Undertaker match build 101, but yes. it, it was fine. Um, Nakamura Rally, we talked about a, a bit briefly already and they're building to a SummerSlam match there, it seems. Now, I, I really liked the main event. We talked about it. There was 
a kind of double botchery at the end because the, the Kingston Styles match was a good match, but the, there was a real production issue with when the guys on the outside got involved. They missed all of that. And then in an attempt to catch the end of that, they missed the big reversal when he went for the phenomenal forearm and got a trouble in paradise to the face. And we just got the very tail end of it. And you're just like, oh, that was so, so messy and so rushed. And it was like they went, oh, crap, it's nearly... 10 p.m. We've really got to get out of here. Go home, go home, go home. Yes. And that also meant that the Roman stuff felt a bit rushed as well. Look, for, <laughs> I mean, the, the the climax of the main event sounded great. <laughs> like, for, for, oh, Con sold it beautifully. <laughs> yeah, from what, from what Corey Graves tells me, it was really good. But, uh, I, I didn't, you know, it was, it was so weird. I was sitting there, obviously, and... You know, Big E and Gallows and all this stuff's happening on the outside. I'm like, well, what's going on? And like you just said, it was the, the camera work was just so yeah. Vince is not going to be happy with how that turned out. Um, and yeah, like, like you said, the, it was that's a really cool spot to end with. But it didn't really nail that right either. And the next thing you know, it's Caleb, Caleb Braxton is just there. I mean, I don't really have the words to explain what happens next. And 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 she's like, oh, here he comes! Like in the first time in interview history. Yeah, they, they've said, oh, he's on his way. And you actually watch him walking towards her. When, like, when we are already late on the show, so it doesn't make sense anyway. No, it doesn't make sense. You, you, if, if this was a real run broadcast, Roman, you know, the producers would be saying, Roman, mate, you've got beer. Like, we're about to go off air, mate. Hurry up. Uh, in, instead, he's taking the slowest walk to Caleb Braxton in history. Um, <laughs> and then what ensues... <laughs> is Caleb Braxton going Roman Roman watch out no <laughs> and, and you're like and then Roman like is standing there going is it going to come down on me or not and then he kind of like grabs it down on himself um, and then it lands on the the boxes behind him so it doesn't actually yeah. land on him and then, which... and then he's like forced to say you know, when the medics are like checking on him clearly he isn't really on him and he's like oh yeah it didn't, it didn't really get me like Okay, well, like, what's what's going on? But yet, Caleb Braxton is still <laughs> shouting like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" as if like he's been impaled. So, <laughs> and 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 the other they thing just is, got it all wrong. we've all we've all at uh, some point in our lives been in a situation. Everyone's seen what a forklift truck looks like, right? When it was Stone Cold was run over by a limo with blacked out windows, you could buy that no one knew who did it. It's a forklift, yeah. and Kayla Braxton's basically looking at it. Unless, all there. unless he was wearing a mask and full body suit, and it was just generic creator wrestler X, like in terms of their body shape, etc., which it isn't when it's Daniel Bryan. You're going, well, surely you know who it was. Surely you saw them. Yeah. Or there was a million people backstage that would have gone, hey, you, <laughs> don't let that guy get away. <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> like, any number of people could have stopped what was going on. Um, you know, for me, um, I, I do enjoy when they try and do different things, like then the generic setup of like cost them a match and now we're in a feud. Like I, I do like it, and uh, like I actually quite liked the Becky Lynch Natalia thing, where it was like, earlier in the day, and she like like Lynch um, like kind of beats up Fit Finley and then puts the disarmor on Natalia. Like, but it's you know they're working out in the ring beforehand. Like I enjoy different things like that it's just you risk the execution 
going like this. And, um, and although, like, I, I'm all down for mystery attackers and, and, and mysteries and stories that take weeks to unfold, but unfortunately this one doesn't have the time nor quality to play out. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I just think it was all a bit messy. And if they're pl- this is something that they're planning to pay off at SummerSlam, or is it all just a bit short notice? Well, you, you've seen the reports as well, right? That, that they just re- like Vince had them rewrite the show on the day. Yeah, last minute. So was that originally intended, or has someone just come up with that on the fly? And then they have to, you know, I'm assuming it was a pre-tape. So they have to do that on, you know, how that's a pre-tape, by the way, and someone's let it actually air is unbelievable. But you have to imagine they just didn't have proper time or, you know, I don't know. But the reports that Vince wanted the whole rewrite is, well, well, one, not shocking, but two, on that same call that he said about Blood and Guts the other day, he said, he literally said, I don't have to be in the weeds anymore now that he's got Bischoff and Heyman. And yet, the very next week, he inserts himself into said weeds. So, well, you know, I don't, I don't know what to make of that at all. But if I was Bischoff and Heyman, specifically Bischoff on, in this instance, I'd be looking at that saying, yeah, maybe I'm not going to get the promises I thought I was. All right, our Cameron Grimes interview is coming up after uh, after Al's gone and got himself an ice cream from the ice cream. I was van. about to say, yeah, I'm home, <laughs> so my street has just been invaded by the ice cream man, and I'm half tempted. I'm not going to lie. I, now I'm aware that we're a little tight for time. Have you got another five minutes to just quickly run through the AEW stuff, etc.? I've got five minutes, Will. Beautiful. Let's quickly bang it out. Um, the latest road to all out. Uh, is out. There was a nice uh, Sean Spears, uh, Cody Rhodes build in there with the contract signing, etc. But the big kind of bigger news is that they have made. Oh, and there was another bit of some of my favourite wrestling match build of recent times, which is oh, we've got three kind of punky, rocky kind of superstars going head to head in a hardcore match at, at our next pay per view. Oh, Blink One Eighty Two are in town. Let's get them to appear in a hype video and have Janella Darby Allen and Jimmy Havoc beat the crap out of each other during a sound check. It was very yeah. weird, but I and really then, enjoyed it. And for some reason as well, like Blink One Eighty Two are like pissed off at Joey Janella for getting for getting attacked. He didn't instigate it. <laughs> Not uh, again, Janella. Yeah, Janella. You're like, well, come on. <laughs> Um, but they've 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 confirmed a lot of stuff for the first ever live TV event. So we talked about this last week, but October second, uh, Washington DC got in trouble for saying just Washington. People of Washington State were livid. Um, <laughs> the uh, so we've got John Moxley appearing to, is confirmed to his. By the way, just having the best run in the G one. Not only is he undefeated, but he is coming into every match with a way of matching up to his varied opponent there. Like he's been scouting, like he's been like the variety of his work in the Lou Japan run at the moment. It just makes me realize how wasted from a wrestling perspective he was in WWE. Even if I'm still not a huge fan of how his attitude was while he was there, it's clear that the guy has still got an immense level of talent. So Excited to see what he keeps doing. Yeah, um, I, th- I think he, he just looks like he's thoroughly enjoying himself. Yeah, more, exactly. More than anything. He, you know, uh, having the, the creative liberty finally, not only on his character, but the matches, it clearly is invigorated him. 
We've got uh, Cody against Sammy Guevara announced for the opening night. And then we've got Kenny and the Young Bucks against Chris Jericho and two mystery partners. Now, I'm slightly concerned AEW are putting themselves a bit at risk here in that I get that they're relying on lapsed fans and big indie guys to be the people who are really into their promotion. But when you put Chris Jericho with two mystery partners and people start to get excited that it's going to be Punk and A-Another or something like that. And the rumor is it's going to be LAX, who are great workers. If you've never seen great. their stuff in Ring of Honor, they're brilliant. But And an impact. as and, and an impact, yeah, absolutely. But but as a, as a kind of mystery partner's not going to reveal them to the night, I am not don't know if they've got that crossover level appeal that's going to have people going... The kind of the the less the more casual fan going, yeah. It's gonna yeah, have a lot of people yeah. going. I'm not sure who they are. I think it will it will pop the people in attendance. I yes. think it would. Yeah. Um, you know, which is probably the desired effect to get through to people at home because that shows you that they're a big deal, if you, even if you don't know who they are. But you know, Cody Rhodes has said in the past that I was on Busted Open uh, yesterday or the day before, and he said that he's not really catering to the casual fan. He believes that if he you know, directs the product to the fans that have helped them get to where they are now, that it will organically grow in that sense. So they'll get the right fan base rather than trying to, to you know, do the WWE way, as it were, you know, trying to cross markets and all of that stuff. So, um, yes, it's... You know, I see Jericho's come out as well and has said that no one's going to believe who he's got, um, which is, you know, the, the expectations they're already setting. It's, it's one of them where are they over-promising and will ultimately under-deliver? Because if it was LAX, I think, obviously, there are people that... There, there's a large section of fans who have seen their work and would enjoy that, but it's not the, the granular and, you know, reveal that, Jericho's statement and things and you know leaving it to the first very first broadcast would would suggest also if it was punk I'm not really sure who the other guy yeah exactly exactly Colt Cabana (laughs) wow what a 180 that would be (laughs) that would be amazing but I'm thinking it's probably not going to happen if you are interested by the way in seeing LAX before they make their AEW debut, if that's who it's going to be there's a a progress of announced a really exciting match for the the so the big weekend they've got coming up in September where they've got the match progression series on the Saturday at Camden, followed by the big event that they've got at Ali Pali on the Sunday. Well, as was probably expected, they're augmenting the national progression series on the Saturday with a few with a couple of more main rostery big matches as well. Um, and the show we were at last Sunday, minor spoiler here, uh, Lucky Kid, the winner of this year's WXW 16 Carat Gold, their big tournament out in Germany, he came out and joined CCK, who is in a stable within Fight Club Pro called Schadenfreude. This is getting really niche indie stuff here. But they're facing off against LAX and Eddie Kingston at the Electric Ballroom on the smaller of the two nights. And that is going to be an absolute banger. So if you want to see them in action before they blow up an AEW, they're in Camden and there are tickets for the 14th of September. So that's going to be well worth checking out. Sounds good to me, brother. Yeah, there we go. Um, I've got a couple of other bits to go through, but if you need to get off and work, I'll I'll, uh, I'll just mention what happened in the G1, etc., and then uh, get to the, to the interview with Cameron Grimes. So before we go, anything you want to plug you've got coming up this week on the website or anything, AMAC? Uh, well, our Becky Lynch interview went out earlier uh, this week, and we're going to have 
the PC piece that I've been working on coming out today or possibly tomorrow. Um, and then obviously we're all full steam ahead with SummerSlam coming up and the, the rest of the events in August. And although we can't reveal whom, uh, there will be the WWE 2K20 cover reveal um, that you, William, spoke to yourself so we've got plenty coming up on the website for people to enjoy 1 p.m on monday uh which means i need to actually uh get ahead and get that transcribed for you which i'll do as soon as we're finished here um, <laughs> Delightful. And, and send it over um and that will go up in audio form and everything on that monday when the reveal happens at one o'clock on monday afternoon so beautiful work eh, mac you go and crack on uh, you're a hero to the many and Let's be honest, to the few as well. <laughs> it's always been the few, Will. It's always <laughs> been the few. Take care, guys. Thank you very much. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. What a man that AMAC is. Uh, right, coming up, we've still got our interview with Cameron Grimes. I'll be shortly. I'll be honest, right here and now. He was a sleepy old bear when I spoke to him, having been coming over for uh, the Progress uh, Super Strong Style 16. So he's a little bit worse away, but we had a nice fun chat, and he's got a couple of great stories in there, particularly about meeting Shawn Michaels, um, particularly about meeting The Rock when he was a young lad because he was grown up around wrestling. He's had a really fascinating journey, so that'll be a really interesting interview. Uh, we've got a, we, get, we gave a bit of love to Progress a moment ago. We've got to give some love to ICW because every report from this weekend's Shug's house party last weekend has been that it was absolutely phenomenal and it is now available on demand. Spoiler warning for what I'm about to tell you uh, because I won't go through all the results, but just the big one is the ICW World Heavyweight Championship saw Stevie Boy returning after months months and months and months on the sideline injured to beat NXT UK's Wolfgang to win that vacant ICW World Heavyweight Championship. Obviously an incredibly emotional moment already after the sad passing of Lionheart. But the, when the Filthy Generations music hit, when Kaylee Ray, Aspen Faith and Lewis Gervin all came out, followed by Stevie Boy, the pop 
was insane. It's well, well worth going and listening to. They had an absolute banger in the match, about 20 minutes back and forth. Just wonderful stuff. So go and subscribe to ICW. And I think his return, and if they put the Filthy Generation stuff back together, then we've got some real potential for a great run going on in ICW at the moment. Interesting, while uh, while we took that little break, I went and watched this SmackDown Top 10 moments from this week on YouTube. And they've recut the ending of the main event. What a shock. They've taken the other camera angles and re-edited it so you can actually see what's happening. And I'll tell you, the Kofi reversal of the Phenomenal Forearm, I'm not a Trouble in Paradise fan, but it is brilliantly, brilliantly done. So well worth checking out. Go uh, go ahead and look at the WWE YouTube for that. Um, and finally, just to mention, G1, it's on uh, its kind of midway break at the hadn't reviewed Night 11 when we last spoke, which included Zack Sabre Jr. against Will Ospreay. Not my favourite match between the two. Still, like, a, the problem is these two can't have a bad match. It was still like a four-star match. I, the, the pace they told it was much more Zack Sabre Jr. than Will Ospreay, which maybe is what Will needed with the neck injury. And, and it was all submission-based. And it was a great, great match. But it didn't hit the five-star heights. The problem is Will Ospreay has probably had three, four match of the year contenders up to this point this year. So when he has a brilliant match versus a match of the year contender, you're not sure whether to feel, how to feel about it. But these two are still doing brilliant work. Brits representing in Japan. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to see. And don't forget, you can check out our interview coming up with Cameron Grimes on our YouTube page. Search for Pro Wrestling Show and we'll tweet it from our account as well. There's some great interviews there with the likes of Bret Hart, Kyle O'Reilly, some performance centre stuff as well. So go check that out there. But now let's go and hear from the former X Division champion, uh, three-time X Division champion, Champion, former TNA World Tag Team Champion, former PWG Tag Champion. Uh, he's wrestled all across the world in the indies. He's now in NXT where he's changed his name from Trevor Lee to Cameron Grimes. He is the uh, North Carolina caveman. Uh, a delightful chap, a little bit sleepy, but we really enjoyed this chat. So here is Cameron Dr- Grimes speaking back at Ali Pally when we were at Super Strong Style 16. Yeah, it's been a great time here in London for progress, uh, you know. I uh, really enjoy the scene over here, so uh, it's cool to be able to take some time away from the PC and be able to come here and, and see what it's all about here. Have you, because I know we actually saw you guys when you were over with Impact, I think it was last year, but have you wrestled much in the UK prior to that? Uh, yeah, I've wrestled a, a few places here, uh, like Rev Pro, Southside, Fight Club Pro, uh, those those places, but not Progress. Yeah, it's the first time here. And taking part in a lot of the big indies out in the States, particularly somewhere like PWG, where you were a mainstay, how is that, this experience this weekend compared with, say, doing something like uh, uh, like the big tournament they do out there? Yeah, it's the uh, same talent-wise, like you, uh, like you said, like those big tournaments, like they stack up all the guys and bring in all the best guys. But, uh, you know, this uh, this building is a little bit bigger than the building in Reseda. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Uh, people won't yet be familiar with you, maybe, if they are only familiar with the WWE product, the NXT product. Um, I was, I, yeah, I followed you through PWG Impact, etc. But for people who don't know you, I, th- I thought it was fascinating kind of reading more about you, how you grew up around wrestling. Can you kind of tell yeah. us a bit about how you know, you first came to, to wrestling. Yeah, my father uh, was a professional wrestler as well. Uh, he started a company in North Carolina called Omega with Matt Hardy. And uh, so throughout the 90s, I was kind of raised with a wrestling ring in my yard and all those guys practiced in my yard. So that's kind of like how I grew up. So 
naturally it just kind of fell into my lap and I just kind of ran with it. Was there ever a point where you thought to yourself, uh, you're so immersed in it that you thought, I'm not actually going to do this. I want to uh, be, you know, the rebellious teen and break off and, and do something else. Yeah, like as a kid, I kind of stopped watching it for a little bit, but then uh, kind of out of middle school, going into high school, I got back into it real heavy. And then I, uh, it's been all moving forward since then, yeah. Coming out of the Carolinas and working with guys like the Hardys, who are obviously not just legends internationally, but obviously locally as well, um, you know, what was that experience like growing up? Do you have any memories particularly of, of advice or times that you worked with those guys? Uh, just really there's tons man like just always like I said just training in the yard and then uh, Matt would come to like every one of my birthday parties <laughs> so like uh, I was their next door neighbor up until the time that I graduated high school and moved to go to a different training school and have a more full-time schedule so uh, yeah it was just like it seemed normal but I guess it wasn't, right? I think the thing is, you talk about them coming to your birthday parties. In my mind, it's like they've turned up as the entertainment. Like yeah. they're in full gear, they yeah. do the big entrance yeah. and everything. But I guess yeah. like it was, you know, more naturalized than that, yeah. Hope, yeah. So at least. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, uh, no entrance music at all. <laughs> I mean, that, it's a little bit disappointing. If Matt yeah. Hardy turned up at my birthday, I'd kind of want the, the drums to hit and uh, yeah. we could all be doing the fingers as well. Um, you then got to face Matt when you were in the Indies, right? When working with yeah. your dad's company. What was that like? Yeah, that was really cool. I, uh, Omega kind of restarted back a couple of years ago uh, with under the direction of Shane Helms. And uh, we ended up running a show in my high school that I graduated from that also the Hardys graduated from. And uh, in that show, I beat Matt Hardy and C.W. Anderson, I want to say. Uh, to win the Omega Heavyweight Championship, so that was a pretty cool moment. Um, but yeah, I got to work with them a couple times uh, in Impact and on the Indies, and it was always just a blast, such a pleasure. Do you feel any pressure coming from the lineage of your father, the company there, and and you know people see this idea that you worked with guys like that, and they will put you into a box potentially immediately that that's going to be your style, that's where you're going to come from. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think I get a lot of pressure from it because, like, even though I kind of have that as a background, I've never kind of used it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like publicly try to promote it so much to where it's like it seems like I'm only here for that reason. You know what I mean? Uh, like, they well, train. I can only apologize for asking so much. No, about no, no. It, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Like, like they trained and helped me and stuff, but then like it was me that kind of like had to get over and do my own thing. Like they, they've helped me a couple times, but like it was me that had to like get over in PWG and then kind of get over in all these other places. So like, yeah, naturally like I, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm, uh, influenced, influenced. Yeah. yeah. By that style and, uh, by that craziness, but also at the same time, I kind of want to have my own direction as well and, and kind of do my own thing as well. And, you know, I, I don't think I don't feel too much pressure really other than the pressure of just like just keeping up with the rest of the guys that are already here you know yeah. well no that's that's fair how did you find when you first moved from those kind of indie scenes into doing something like impact televised and, and a product which is a little bit more designed for that that style that televised style and, and less kind of like you said high spots crazy stuff yeah how did you find that transition at first uh it was definitely cool. Um, it, I, I loved the, making that transition because 
uh, you can only kill yourself so much, you know what I mean, <laughs> for little money. So at least uh, less time, more money is always great in any job. Uh, but I really like the TV style. I really like working towards that kind of product. So uh, I got to do a lot on the indies. I got to do like everything I kind of wanted to do there. So it's just kind of, you know, phases, just kind of going through it. Um, I definitely don't miss doing all the high spots and everything. <laughs> like, I, I look forward to a four-minute time segment. <laughs> <laughs> did you spend much time, you know, you obviously grew up around wrestling yeah. uh, in terms of, you've had said, did you ever grow up much around either the WWE product? Did you ever go to shows when you were younger and kind of see that difference? Yeah, uh, I went to a couple WWE shows. Like, every time that they would come to North Carolina, we would go to, like, all those shows, um, but yeah, I, I kept up with the WWE product a lot, uh, so it was cool, you know, just being able to go there and experience it and see it like backstage and whatnot. Um, so yeah, that was really cool, you know, just being a kid and being able to meet guys like The Rock and Undertaker, stuff like that. So what do you say to guys like that when you're a kid and you meet? Them? Well, when I actually when I met The Rock, uh, it was like in passing in like a little hallway. And I told him, uh, don't be a jabroni, eat your raviolis. It was, it was during that time when that commercial was real big. Yeah. It was uh, It was actually the night the Hardys won the tag team titles for the first time. Ooh. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty cool, yeah. Uh, what's it been like for you as well, seeing this kind of recent burst of, of guys coming from the independent scene to products like NXT? I mean, I look at the guys you've faced at big points in your career going through like... Kevin Steen, Gargano, Adam Cole, Chris Hero, Ricochet, and all these guys now succeeding and holding titles in WWE. Kind of from the outside watching that, has that been inspirational to you? Yeah, it's definitely an inspiration. Uh, uh, it definitely lights a fire in me as well. Um, like I said, uh, like when I got to PWG, it was when those guys were carrying that company as well and, and making it like the place to be. And, and I kind of came in around the end of that. Uh, so I got to watch all those guys kind of leave and, uh, then it kind of put me in the spot of like being the the locker room leader, you know, of like that kind of area and trying to like keep PWG still cool. So uh, it's definitely an inspiration to see like how these guys are doing so well now in WWE. And and if uh, if I could do it with them, then I feel like I can do it with them now just as well. How have your early experiences been with the performance center with going into WWE? It's, I imagine, quite a different environment. Uh, slightly a little different environment, um, but I, I really love it. Uh, before I even worked for WWE, I was already training pretty much regularly, at least three times a week. So it, it really wasn't that much of a upgrade in the training schedule as well. So now I just get paid to train. So <laughs> that's it, nice. Yeah. So it, you really can't get better than that if you're a professional wrestler or sports entertainer. So. I mean, I've really just been enjoying my time at the PC, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's great. And coming in kind of, again, we talked about those guys who've come through and had success, but you look at the guys coming through in, in your class and the class before, guys like Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, we've got Kushida now, you know. These are proper indie legends who are getting their shot as well, and you're in there. It just feels like it's an exciting time. Yeah, it's definitely a crazy time right now for WWE. So, uh, And they're just going to keep bringing people in, you know, and like that performance center is just a crazy place to be right now with the coaches and like everything like they're just making monsters i mean i'm, I'm sure that somebody who grew up around wrestling maybe you you don't have those moments in the same way but was there anything when you first stepped into wwe or you first you know got there and realized you were working with 
Triple H and yeah. Shawn Michaels. Was there anything like that that really kind of hit you? Yeah, there was a really cool moment the first day. Uh, we had like our first day introductions and uh, like we're kind of doing this like big meeting and like uh, they're telling us all the rules and everything. Like just this, this is a long like full day meeting of just like introducing us to the job and whatnot. And uh, we're all kind of sitting in there and then like this door like opens and like you hear this like racket like like someone's like falling through the door or something and then we all just kind of turn around and it's just Shawn Michaels and he's just like oh sorry and like and like right before that they just wrote like they were like just make sure you enjoy the moment that you're here you know what I mean because you know a lot of people are are caught up in like wanting to take it farther and not like enjoying the time that they have there so like as soon as he said that then Shawn Michaels just like crashes through the door and just like makes a big scene and it's just like yeah I guess this is where we are now <laughs> and, and finally you, you had your first match in an NXT ring maybe not televised but I saw mm -hmm. that you and Shane Strickland another guy coming in uh, tore it up the other night what was your first experience of actually getting in front of a crowd there at Full Sail uh, it was great um, we've been doing I've been doing a bunch of the Coconut Loop shows, which are like uh, just like local shows around Florida for NXT, and and those have been great. But the crowds there too are just—they're not the NXT crowd, you know. Like uh, they're just like fans that know that the show's in town and want to kind of come see it. So it's cool to kind of get them into it, but then to wrestle in front of that full cell crowd that that is that crowd that you watch and you see and you know that that's that NXT crowd. So like it was great. Uh, it was great to just like come out and and know that people already knew me so like i didn't have to kind of like reintroduce myself it was kind of cool that you know they're already kind of caught up on everything and hey, it was great uh it was so cool uh just you know just getting to wrestle in that whole environment it was it was awesome well, look we really enjoyed your work this weekend you've clearly got the crowd you're over in the right <laughs> way if you know what i mean um, and uh, yeah it's been really good fun so uh we wish you the best of luck with all of it and hopefully we see you back here with with nxt maybe at download this year maybe uh, we'll see you when you come over and do some shows over here again yeah man sounds good thank you thank good you man. for having Thanks, me Sean. Thank you, as always, for listening. Don't forget, SummerSlam content coming up on Monday. We'll have a podcast with the cover star of WWE 2K20. So we'll have that coming for you on Monday. Uh, and then we'll have SummerSlam content. We'll have All Out content coming. We've got loads coming up for you. So stick here, including um, an NXT slash NXT UK star who's returning to the UK uh, over uh, the weekend after SummerSlam to do some stuff at Future Shock. I don't know if it's been announced yet, so I don't want to say about it but we've got him coming on over the phone so we'll have that for you as well thank you so much for listening this has been the pro wrestling show